Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. Haven't done this one in a while. I keep saying that over and over again. I don't know why. Well, that's because we don't do it for a while. My name is Joe. Joining me tonight is Josh Reichlin. You may know him better as the main designer at Made to Thrill. You can find him at madeofthrill.com and also on Twitter. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking and for having me along. It's great to be here. Yeah, I've I've been following you a while. Well, I think I've I've been following along with you a while. I think I just recently followed you on Twitter because I f- saw you other places. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been following your stuff for a while, <laughs> and you know, you keep seeing you know stuff pop up and things of that nature. And um, you're definitely one of the best out there in kind of you know unique designs and 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 actual oh, merchandise. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, which is great because I mean a lot of that stuff out there is absolutely terrible <laughs> um but yeah. yeah that was that was part of the uh the motivation for me to kind of start creating that was um i had sort of a very particular sense of what i was looking for when i would go to theme parks you know i wanted a a shirt that represented my my favorite coaster my favorite park and every time i walked into a uh, a gift shop it was all like over designed t-shirts with like statistics and stuff like very loud graphics and i wanted Stat to do a little bit more uh. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i i love them don't get me wrong I, I you know i bought a couple of dueling dragon shirts back in the day and it's got the stats everything that i survived on it the cobra roll and the you know inverted g roll but uh the shirts aren't really a- attractive <laughs> you know i can't just wear it out on the street so that was kind of what what led me to uh, to design my own shirt, and then things just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, I mean, how many times do you see people wearing like coaster t shirts at other parks or the same parks, but never anywhere else? It's like it's like Disney merch. <laughs> yeah, like right, they right. only wear it in these specific circumstances. It's like, yeah. oh man, I love this t shirt, or I really want this t shirt because I love the ride. And then all they do is they just wear it when they go to another amusement park or the same one. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah. We have a running that tally. Was what was, sorry, continue. That was what was happening with the. Um, sorry about that. That was what was happening with the the dueling dragon shirts that I had. For example, is they just really just sat in my closet and I couldn't get rid of them because <laughs> the ride was gone. And you know, I'm like, I can't get rid of this. This is, this is like a piece of history now. But I'm not going to wear it again. Yeah, you, you can't know, can't get rid of heart. that red and blue tie dye shirt. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not necessarily good formal wear either, just to wear around. Right, like it wasn't um, on the top picks for like when I was going to a wedding. You know, I was thinking, maybe should dueling dragons should I wear it? But nah, you know, my girlfriend wouldn't allow it. <laughs> you're wearing the you're wearing like the suit, and you're holding in one hand is like the the button down collared shirt, and the other one's the dueling dragon shirt t shirt. <laughs> you're just like you're like <laughs> yeah. hold it, one goes up, one goes down. Just like hmm, which one? <laughs> Uh, yeah like and that and that's always been like the most interesting thing is like even like what like i think a lot of times we're looking at amusement park merch now like especially when you look at something like disney or universal where you're like going oh wow this stuff's actually not bad um but then you realize this is actually kind of a new thing like since like potter came along things have you know gotten much better i mean they can still improve but like there is a long i mean there's still a long times around you know there's been a long time where the, the merch was just terrible like even the main stuff like how many like times would you go to a disney store and you'd just find the same old 
you know, 2005 logo shirt with like Mickey, yeah. Donald and Goofy yep, yep. holding hands, you know, through the, the zeros, <laughs> you know, like, and, th- and that would be yeah. the same pattern they'd have for 2001, 2002, 2003, like all the way yeah. through. So I know exactly the ones you're talking about there. And that was always what was presented to me. Like every time I went in mouse gears, so like back in 2002 or 2003, or like you said, like through 2006, basically, um, I would go in mouse gears. I'm like, do you guys have any of like the the retro Epcot merchandise or like the stuff that said Epcot Center on it, and not like the uh, the 2005 with all the characters on it and everything? Or the um, the first time I got really excited when they brought back some of the retro merchandise mm-hmm. for the 25th Epcot anniversary. And uh, unfortunately, I couldn't get down there at the time, but it was so awesome. That was like that was the merch that I wanted. And they never had it in stock, obviously, because everyone else wanted it. Okay. Man, just getting <laughs> so choked bad. up about the bad merch. Wow. Me too. Me too. So bad. Um, the, yeah. <laughs> it was the um, the Epcot stuff that yeah. maybe that's what kind of really sparked. It was the catalyst for me to just say, like, you know what? They're not bringing it back. They don't see things the way I do. I get what they're doing. They're catering to, like, you know, a mass audience. And I'm a very, like, I have a very niche taste, I guess, in what mm-hmm. I'm looking for. And it's like, just give me some simple colors and graphics that suggest the 80s, you know. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, but yeah. I think what's, um, I mean, I, I, I actually think I may still own some of those shirts. Um, <laughs> you know, the old Epcot totally. ones from 2006. Um, and, and yeah, and the big thing is that a lot of the shirts, um, even nowadays still are just so garishly over the top and ugly that it feels like it, you know, just violates design language of, you know, having too many colors and having too many complex shapes and things of that nature, as opposed to, you know, the kind of stuff that you're designing where it's way more simple, you know, you're not finding anything too crazy where if somebody's walking by, you know, it looks like a cool logo, it looks good, but if you know what that is, you know, it's, it's a super cool, you know, it's like, oh, it's that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been a couple of moments where, you know, I'm walking down the street in Chicago or I'm going someplace and I'm wearing one of my T shirts and mm-hmm. someone would come up to me, is they're like, Is that is that Epcot? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's an Epcot reference. So it's like all the designs I, I make in in my shop are like sort of if you know, then you know. Mm-hmm. But um if you don't know it's still okay. You know, maybe, maybe it would still be kind of an attractive piece you're allowed to hang in your house. You know, that was sort of the motivation behind the posters that I make is mm-hmm. you know, I wanted roller coaster art, but I didn't necessarily want to hang a photo of, you know, raging bull or millennium force, you know, any of these kind of random rides in, in my house. One, because, you know, again, my girlfriend probably wouldn't approve of it. <laughs> and uh and two it, it it's more of like in a in an abstract it was more of like a conversation piece like what is it you know um it was like just kind of the use of colors seemed catching eye catching to me so so that was what i went with and and we kind of just uh i just went along with it and made stuff and put it out there and and that was it yeah and like it also helps the fact that your girlfriend can't say no when you designed it 
that's too. It's way harder. It's way harder to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and that's what's cool too about the posters is that again they're minimalist to the point where usually you don't. There's no coaster names on them. Um, there's not. Sometimes there's not even coaster track or like coasters themselves. It's kind of more of an implied thing. Um, yep. So that's that's always neat, but so like you, there's a lot of places where you can get posters and t-shirts, you know, those things are around. What I'm interested in is where like how do you source and how do you design for like patches and pennants and flags and your little I mean the you know the yellow tab that keychain, you know that kind of stuff. How does yeah. how does yeah. that design and source work? Cuz that seems a little more complicated than just, you know, like yeah. well, we have a t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's all pretty, pretty much the same workflow, but um, you know, if I'm sending sending in a design for a uh, t-shirt to be made, I have to separate the colors. I have to call out the Pantone numbers, and um, and Pantone is just like the uh, color matching system. Mm-hmm. Um, the the print shop knows what color I was trying to create here because it may not look the same on, on their computer screen as it did for me. So mm-hmm. Pantone's just help keep everything in line. Um, but in a sense, I'm just kind of sending a digital file along to the, uh, to the vendor and they're the ones who uh, kind of produce the, uh, the final product. And when it comes to <clears throat> patches and that the yellow strap keychain it's the same process. I'm just telling them what kind of twill backing to use or what kind of thread to use, or if I want heat seal or iron on backing or, uh, marrowed edges or heat cut, you know, there's, there's so many variations with just patches alone that, uh, I had to kind of learn as I, as I went along. Um, same thing for t-shirts, same thing for pennants, you know, everything has like a, a little bit of a gentle learning curve, just getting to know how the production process works. And then uh, the more you produce, I guess, the more you understand and uh, and you can just start producing different things and playing with different different aspects of the creation process. Like in uh, some of the hoodies I just made were a combination of embroidery and silk string uh, just because I thought that could be cool. So I wanted to try it out. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, it's mostly just I produce all the artwork in um in Illustrator, and then uh, create my specifications for it, and send it off to the uh, to the vendor. And they're all different vendors. So when I'm putting together these releases, it takes like a uh, a ton of time, and uh, it's it's hard to say like when ex- exactly everything will be done because it's coming from different people, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I don't really market it, <laughs> you know, until it's until it's. Uh, a couple of days before I'm ready to release. And, um, I'm not very good at marketing to be honest. <laughs> I don't, I don't tweet a lot. I don't post on Instagram a ton. I just kind of, you know, when something's ready, I'll say like, here it is, you know, have at it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, no one's really good at promoting their own stuff. Am I right? <laughs> it's just kind of yeah, like, Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Oh, here's my humble little well, thing I did. Just don't mind right, me. I'll be over I, here. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like, I hate that about this whole kind of it's to me, this, this whole thing for me is like a sustainable hobby. Like I don't even like viewing it as a business. It's just a side project for me really, but Mm -hmm. it's more, um, 
it's like therapeutic for me to be able to make all the designs and it's fun. But once I start like thinking about it like a business, then things like marketing and shipping and fulfillment and uh, taxes and LC and corporations come into play. And I'm like, this sounds a little much for me. You know, I just want to design things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what um, I guess the question is like, we'll start with is like sort of like what's your like, how'd you get into the hobby, you know, of, you know, amusement parks, coasters, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, like what kind of really got you interested in it and like, just kind of like, what are you doing right now? I guess. Cause I mean, are, are you designer? Or are you, you know, some, something completely else random and this is just another hobby or like, you know, that, that kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I grew up going to, uh, Six Flags Great America all the time with my brother and it mm-hmm. was awesome. I, I got into theme parks and roller coasters at a young age and, um, kind of fast forwarding um well i guess i should also say we also had a um i came from like a disney family so there were a lot of memories we created as kids at disney world going you know on several different trips out there so so that was awesome um but we didn't go there that often but anyway um kind of fast forwarding a little bit i uh i went to college for film production um post-production editing and motion graphic design to be specific and then after college, I started my own um, production house and agency with a uh, a friend of mine from school. And we ran that for about four years or so. And then discovered that running a business was not for me. Um, just didn't like chasing down money and clients and all that stuff. So I'd moved over to the corporate side and mm-hmm. spent some time at a uh, couple of different companies doing uh, user experience visual design, which is basically, you know, graphic design, um, but uh, making interfaces for websites and all that good stuff. So um, today, I'm still a uh, I'm still a UI designer. I work for uh, BMW, and I do um, the like uh, app for the uh, connected cars. Mm-hmm. So like control your car with your app and then do the graphics for the, uh, the dash that you see in the car and, uh, and the heads up display. So it's kind of like, kind of fun, but, um, still I like to keep my own hobbies so I can do whatever I want in my, uh, in my designs. You know, I don't necessarily, I like the client work, but I also like doing work for myself where I don't have, uh, limitations or I'm not designing for anyone specific. No deadlines, you know, just kind of the hobby, exactly. the love of the hobby kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, um, it's good. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And you know, you're, you're Disney family. So is there any, um, like actual merch at parks that you like think is like really, really good, like that you enjoy? I mean, besides, you know, like, well, Hey, I, I put up with it or, <laughs> Or like, oh, I'm a sucker. I just had to buy this, you know. Like, what do you go, like, yeah. what, is there anything you've seen that you go, wow, that's actually really good, even if you don't buy it? Yeah, um, there's been, like you said, I mean, there's been a huge improvement in some of the apparel offerings at a lot of theme parks um, recently, within the past, like, two years, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, um, I mean, just looking in my closet, I, I have a few of the retro Epcot t-shirts that they occasionally release every so often. Yeah. (laughs) And they also did like one of the, the Mickey mouse club t-shirts 
it's like a black t-shirt with the little round uh mouseketeer logo in the center Mm -hmm. it's like the the little patch you would see on like the uh, mickey ears so i got one of those and that's still one of my favorite shirts i love that shirt um but i think they're you know discovering a um like a balance of people who like simpler shirts versus like the crazier like very loud shirts um and not to say that one is one is better than the other it just caters to two different two different tastes yeah um but uh but yeah it's even six flags six flags has been getting in and simplifying some of their t-shirts like um they had a uh a viper t-shirt which was just the ride logo i'm like this this is really nice <laughs> they just put the logo on a t-shirt and that's it what this is they're totally like, crazy uh, they're getting ahead of themselves yeah they gotta they gotta slow down here i want to see some stats yeah uh <laughs> And and that's what I like about um I mean I know Cedar Fair has been improving their stuff. They have a whole shop yeah. back in yeah. Frontier Town that Cedar has all Fair. their Yeah. Yep, and King's Island as well has a bunch of um <clears throat> retro shirts for like the bat or the beast or a couple of other rides I recall seeing as well that were just like they looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, Holiday World, if you've ever been there, they always have a giant selection of just random t shirts with excuse me, various versions and generations of the logos. And I, I've always thought oh, yeah. that was kind of good because, you know, when it comes to something like that, you know, what's nice is that Holiday World can just buy in bulk because they don't necessarily move a ton of merch. So they don't need to buy, you know, 10,000 t-shirts. They just need to buy like 50 of, you know, this type, 50 of this type, 50 of this type. So I've always yeah, liked yeah. what they've had to offer. That's awesome. I never knew that about Holiday World. Um, now I kind of, I mean, I've always wanted to go there, but now I really want to go there knowing that um, that's kind of how they do their merch. Well, I mean, that's what it was like a decade ago. So I mean, I mean, not anymore, but it, it is, it was pretty good. Um, they were definitely one of the one original ones where I saw where they just had a bunch of just old logos and stuff like that on various. And, and also what's nice is that it's not just like, they just have random colors of t-shirts. So you get, like one logo on like four different colors of t-shirts. Like you don't have to worry about, you know, it, oh, well, I like this logo, but it's on black and I have 20 black t-shirts, you know, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <clears throat> that's super cool. That's yeah. I gotta definitely gotta check that out. Yeah. I, that's something I would appreciate. It's definitely better than, um, I mean, you'll find a little gem at six flags parts, but it's mostly like, like the last time I was at Six Flags, we went into a um, one of the gift shops there, and my my buddy I was with got a magnet that said "I heart farts." Sure, just yeah. because, yeah, just yeah. because he wanted that. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we we all can't be high classy people, can we? <laughs> I thought it was amazing, but I wish it just said like something. You know, I can't tie that back specifically to any of my nostalgic memories from from the park but it is in, in itself a great memory mm-hmm. I, I mean come on i heart fart anyways <laughs> it's like doesn't even say i heart my own farts or something i mean <laughs> no just it just in general it was a blanket statement just a blanket statement yeah um so uh anything else you want to talk about when it comes to design and, and you know that kind of stuff anything else that you appreciate in the parks are from like design perspective um, anything that off the top of your uh, head? Well, I mean, everything, um, everything in in the parks is uh, is designed. You know, we're kind of heading towards the um, thematic regions of parks that are so immersive and um, you know just like 
ultra detailed, like the the Harry Potter Harry Potter worlds in Universal and uh, Cars Land and California Adventure. It's like um, that's a different level of uh, detail in parks that that I'm you know that I grew up going to, obviously. But uh, it just makes me appreciate kind of how they're designing everything in the parks, mm-hmm. and then it inspires me to you know design my own stuff not necessarily about you know i gotta make a t-shirt of cars land now it's just like i just want to make something you know mm-hmm. yeah it just kind of gives you inspiration of oh i like how they did this it gives me an idea for this instead yeah 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 exactly exactly so yeah. it's just it's super cool you know um that they're just giving that level of detail to a lot of the the newer lands which kind of you know, I'm excited for Star Wars Land in many ways because of that. Um, my expectations that have come from Harry Potter and it come from Cars Land, Toy mm-hmm. Story Land, not so much. I didn't get you know <laughs> a, a lot of time in there, but uh, it was just like way too crowded when I first went in there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to come back another time. But I went in and turned around, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, well, that's okay because there's no merch in there anyways. You have to go somewhere else for the merch. So. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. Um, and, and what's also interesting is that from that you reminded me, of this is like a lot of the par- Potter design, like whether it be merch or the stuff in the parks, is actually designed by the people who do the movies. So that's like Mina Lima and all those guys. Um, they're doing that kind of thing. Um, yeah, which I think is maybe that's why. Oh, sorry. But which is which is a step up from you know just kind of either trying to directly like screen grab it from a movie and recreate it or just saying, well, create whatever you want or, you know, or, or that kind of thing. You know, you're actually, you know, it kind of went from uh, this, this level of, well, we're getting the actual files and documents from the movies. And then it went right to, you know, well, we're creating stuff by the people who did the movies just for these lands and the parks. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's super cool. And I, you know, again, it's like, they're just going above and beyond like taking raising the bar basically of these these themed lands like um like what you were saying with Harry Potter land it, um and Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade they they don't have any brand name stuff like J.K. Rowling did not want Coke you know or specific brand names in there it's it's all replaced with generic stuff and or British stuff. things or like, British yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can't get a Bud Light but you can get a Boddington you know that yeah, kind of thing yeah. Yeah, which is like now I feel like I'm I'm there, you know I'm I'm totally into this. Yeah, um, <clears throat> just making sure I'm not gonna choke on my own saliva again tonight. <sighs> yeah, so <laughs> that's definitely not a not a thing you want to do. I, I've no. done that a couple times myself today. Yeah, what the hell? What's going on with me? I don't know. Every, everything, my whole body's it's, falling apart. This is what happens no, when you get old. No, <laughs> yeah, it's just snow. It's it exactly the snow. Um, I I can just blame everything on the snow. I like it. Yeah, I, I like I can do that. Yeah. At least it's not snowing like now or tonight, so I won't have to like deal with my car tomorrow morning, which I think is going to be an A plus oh, situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me. I'm looking at the stopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it looks. Yeah, that's the worst. Digging your car out of the yeah. snow and and the man. and the ice and just like chisel, chisel, chisel. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we had a few, bi- a little bit of news. I think we can talk about um, that. Uh, I think it would be fun to yeah. kind of talk about and get your thoughts on various new attractions and stuff. Um, so D23 just happened. Uh, this was uh, Disney's big kind of fan convention, I'd call it. That sounds about right. Yeah, fan convention. 
Um, it was yeah, at yeah. Disney World this year. They did a few uh, parks and resorts announcements, mostly related to um, already announced projects at Disney World. And then they did a bunch of stuff on Mickey because it was Mickey's 90th birthday. Uh, yay. Happy ber- birthday, Mickey. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I'm just kind of going through Screamscape right now because they're probably one of the best places to just uh, you know catch up on news. So one of the big ones is that um, they're actually – so there was kind of some interesting uh, information, like speculation on Mickey's Runaway Runaway Railway um, opening maybe in the spring or the summer. Well, they said it was opening in the fall. So the new uh, ride replacing Great Movie Ride will be opening in fall 2019. Um, I'm excited for this ride because I think it's something I haven't seen yet. So it makes me excited because I don't know what it's going to be. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on it? I, I'm excited as well. And um, I'm actually a fan of the, uh, the new Mickey cartoons. Oh, okay. I watch them all the time when I go to Disney. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I get excited you know, to turn that channel on on the TV. And I'm like, yes. Or you're just After sitting, with, you're sitting with the kids in the middle of the lobby, <laughs> just watching it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, they're showing Mickey cartoons. You know, I'm gonna go sit down. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I love the the style. I love the writing on it. So um, I have high hopes for whatever this ride is gonna be. I love the Great Movie Ride too. You know, there were some great uh, memories that I have of that, and the um, my favorite animatronic of Ripley on the the alien set was when it was just so ridiculously made, but mm-hmm. um, I loved it and I'll miss it. But, you know, looking forward to what's next. Yeah. I think the ride's going to be super cool. I'm excited for it. Um, I just, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of like a wait and see kind of thing now. Cause we're all, it was, I mean, it was announced three years ago when you think about it, it was, this is all 2015 oh, that long already. I think, was it 20, was it 2015 or 2016 that they announced it? Maybe 2017? Yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe it was 2016. Let's just say 2016 to be safe. (laughs) Yeah. I think think 2015 was when they announced um, Star Wars Land, and then 2016 is when they announced the Uh, the other rides. I think that's what it was. Yeah. 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 So, I mean. when Universe of Energy closed as well. Yeah, because they they were gonna have it open for a little while, and then they closed it early, and like they announced it in the summer, and they're like, "It's closing," and then people are like, "Oh, oh August? What?" So okay, yeah, August twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah, it was very very sudden, very sudden. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I'm excited for it. Um. But uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I think it's gonna be cute. Um. What do you think about the rumors that it may be going in as an expansion to, um, uh, Toontown in Disneyland? Um, you know, another great ad, I think, um, Toontown is, uh, yeah, it's a very classic area of the park. And, um, I know adding or modifying anything in Disneyland is generally frowned upon because that's Walt's park, you know, Walt walked the park there. You don't want to mm-hmm. change anything. Or it's tricky so, to do it at least. It's very tricky. It's very tricky. You're right. And, um, you're going to anger people either way. Mm-hmm. If you don't change anything, and if you change something, someone's going to get, you know, in a uh, in a fit. But um, I think it, I think it would be a good ad. Yeah. Okay. Next up, or also at Disneyland and Hollywood Studios is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, not the Star Wars Experience. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> they have uh, they gave two video previews and announced the official names for the attractions, which is Millennium Falcon, Smuggler's Run, 
in Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Um, <laughs> Smuggler's Run is interesting because that's um, sounds like a tiki bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but, yeah. So, have you seen these teaser videos at all? I did. I did. And I can't say it made me any more or less excited about the ride. Okay. I, mean, okay. I just want to... You say Star Wars and Millennium Falcon, you know, I'm I'm there already. You know, I'm I'm sold at Star Wars and Ride, basically. Yeah. So uh the the teaser didn't give me anything like new that I wasn't already expecting. Mm-hmm. Um nor did it undersell me on anything either. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's coming soon. All you're, right, let's let's get to it. You're thoroughly whelmed. You're not yeah, overwhelmed. overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> Um, what, what I found interesting is reportedly the uh, the Rise of the Resistance trailer, that was all filmed in the ride. So, like, those are actual sets. Yeah, so reportedly that's, like, sets and stuff already built in the Disneyland one. Um, or at least, oh, okay. Or, or at least some of it is built. It may it may be kind of like a, <laughs> it may be a thing where they filmed, like, the completed segments, and then if you turned around, it was still plaster and plywood and stuff. And Right, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like there I reportedly that was in the ride itself. Um <clears throat> so there's also been like a little bit of leaks of like what the attractions are gonna be like. So the Millennium Falcon one is gonna be basically a video game of being in the pods, but you're like in a giant like dome and you're controlling everything, mm-hmm. which sounds interesting. Um I, I, I don't know how that'll go because people keep talking about it being interactive and you know, like, oh you can crest the millennium falcon and i'm like no you can't <laughs> they're not gonna let you do that i mean right i think that would uh kind of upset the people you've been waiting four hours with or you're flying flying it together yeah i kind of imagine it would be something like virtual jungle cruise at the now defunct uh disney quest where it'd be sort of like if you hit the right thing you may be able to like get a secret passage or something but there's no way to actually fail like if, a, if one of those pods went around with nobody in there it would like come out on the other end as like a neutral mission or, you know, a bad run or something, but not a uh, failure. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Totally. Totally. That makes, that makes perfect sense. <clears throat> I mean, you can't have the people wait in line and then crash their Falcon, you know, two seconds into it. And then they're, it would be a public relations nightmare or a yeah. guest relations nightmare. It seems like something that they'd also like turn off after like a week of testing. <laughs> they'd just be like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna code that out. Yeah. We're not gonna allow yeah. that scenario to happen." Um, and also, plus, like, how many people you know would ride it and don't know English, and you're giving them English instructions, or how many people just want a passive experience? How many people don't know what's going on? How many people would be just overloaded? You know, it just right. right. It, it it kind of it, I've always felt like. That that though those rumors were sort of like a extension of the um, someone you know told someone like hey it's going to be interactive just imagine if you could crash the uh, Millennium Falcon wink wink nudge nudge and then that was taken as like f- like a fact <laughs> instead of like a <laughs> hey you know that kind of thing um, right so and then the other one uh, Rise of the Resistance is interesting because this ride is supposed to have is supposed to be this weird combination of like the cue from Gringotts with something that's like a, a trackless Spider-Man combined with a little bit of just a bunch of different rides and it's really interesting that um reportedly like the the pre-show um there's you go up from the uh, from the land to the uh the the space shuttle or the 
space station or whatever you're going to be, the ride's going to be on. And reportedly, it's like this huge um, kind of like like thing where you just go up. Like, I don't know how to else explain it, but it's like, you know, the Gringotts elevators, like something like that, but even larger yeah. and for more people. And it's supposed to be more complicated and you're supposed to come in one way and out the same way, but you're like in a totally different area. So it's going to like spin around and it's going to be, it's going to be nuts. That's <laughs> the best way to put it. That's, I mean, I've heard similar, similar things and I've been um, just ready to go on it. I'm like, yeah. all right, this is going to be amazing. But I'm also just not looking forward to the, to the crowd. It's, it's going to be like a year before I'm going to even attempt to get in there. But of I course, mean, I, I'm going to want to go there right away. Yeah, I, I've, I've, that's one of the interesting things with Star Wars Line is people are like, oh my god, the crowds are going to be terrible. It's going to be hours to get in. I'm like, I mean, like when you come down to it, the only place that's had that bad of lines to get into it was the first Hogsmeade opening because Universal didn't know what they were doing. Like, true. <laughs> that's what it came down to. Like, the, the, they had enough turnstiles open. They didn't know how to handle the people. Like, you know, everything else. Like, Diagon Alley was handled fine. Um, Pandora yeah, yeah. had Pandora had lines, but that was handled fine. So it's kind of this thing where I think people are expecting just to be like not being able to get into the park or anything like that. And I'm, I just don't know if I believe that right now, at least for Hollywood Studios. Disneyland, you can't get in the park before Star Wars Land, let alone after it opens. Yeah, yeah, that's already <laughs> a cluster to begin with. But, you know, I'm just, uh, I mean, if there was any indication from the level of crowds in Toy Story Land, and I know mm-hmm. that's kind of a um a land with one entry to it it's mm-hmm. kind of a dead end once you get in so it's hard for people to get in and out and crowd flows an issue there but just walking into that land maybe a few months after it opened even it was just so densely packed i'm like I, I just i couldn't walk through it i'm like all right i gotta come back at another time when i can enjoy it you know yeah and i don't see myself <laughs> in a position walking into Star Wars land where it's going to look like any of the, the teaser shots that they posted, which are very like sparsely populated ultra themed areas. I feel it's going to be like just wall to wall people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is how Disney is, you know, we, okay. It's, it's fine. But, um, I kind of like, I mean, if I had my, my druthers, I would, I would go in a, a less crowded experience, even if I had to wait in line, um, just to kind of get a feel for the land a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm also wondering um, when this park opened, when Star Wars Galaxy End- Galaxy's Edge opens, sorry. Um, it's going to be interesting to see like how the rest of the, the, the Disney parks respond. And by that, I mean like, well, is everything going to just boost attendance wise? Is it going to be like Pandora where, you know, it's pulling from other parks? Is it going to be a thing where... Well, now, you know, these these rides have much shorter waits because everyone's in Star Wars. You know, I, I just don't know yet. And that's a re- right. a, just a question is like, it's just a really interesting thing because I feel like Disney doesn't necessarily always operate optimally anymore when they don't have to. I feel like they're the kinds of, like, they've gotten to the point of where they're kind of like six flagsing it sometimes when like attendance isn't strong, like... Oh, we can only run two trains on Rock and Roller Coaster today. There's only going to be, you know, a certain amount of people in the park. You know, yeah, yeah. As, as opposed to it felt like you know years ago, um, the park could be you know, you know, pretty sparse, but they would still run you know three or four trains, and you just get in real quick. So yeah, it would be great. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, I, it's just going to be interesting to see. Like, maybe these parks can handle people more, 
um, than we're giving them credit yeah. for because Disney's running them at a lower capacity, or maybe things will be okay because, you know, a bunch of people are going to come in from the other parks and, you know, like Pandora, you won't wait two hours for Flight of Passage anymore. I don't know. Who knows? Right. We'll figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely looking forward to seeing what happens there. And, um, I mean, right now the parks are, are always very crowded. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it does take a little bit of the, the edge off, so to speak, of the other parts that mm-hmm. things just balance out a little more. Yeah. Um I mean it's going to be it's going to be hard to balance until all the new attractions in Epcot open. That's that's my great segue right <laughs> yeah. there. Um Yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, something about the Illuminations replacement show. Um Yeah, I was a little unclear as to what was happening there. I know there's like an Epcot Forever. Yes. show that they announced which reportedly which is, is like show. it's like a it's it's supposedly like the tag they would run on the anniversary days or the anniversary events. Yeah. But they would, they're they're just going to show just that, but that's happening when the rest of the lagoon is going down. Like, cause I assume what they're going to do is they're going to probably salvage some of the existing floats, you know, 30 years later, (laughs) the the, the floats that have been around since, um, uh, laser phonic symphony. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, and, and you know retrofit those, and they may retrofit some other stuff, and you know put new things in. So when that stuff's down, I think they're just going to run this modified nighttime show, um, and they already have that designed and planned and ready to go. So I think that's kind of their game plan for that. So um, there's that. That's the first show, and then the second show is just going to be this new replacement show um, opening in, I believe, yeah, 2020. I forgot if it was 2020 or 2021, but opening in 2020. Yeah. Um, and that's the one with characters and all sorts of weird stuff. That yeah, con- that I wasn't exactly excited about, but you know, yeah, I get it. So the I mean the problem with like the new show is I forget what the how they what they said. Okay, here's here's the exact quote: uh, the new nighttime spectacular will quote unquote will celebrate how Disney music inspires people around the world. My problem with that is that it like. The world is such a cool place, like, to begin with. Do you really need, like, Disney, like, songs to do that? Like, (laughs) I mean, like, I understand being like, okay, let's use Coco to look at Mexico, for example. Like, Mexican culture. I think that'd be super cool. But it sounds instead more like, well, no, this, you know, you know, animated movie by, you know, (laughs) a company in California is definitely the way we need to look at this, you know this culture or, or what I basically said was Mulan is like, is Mulan like, what's an appropriate way of showing China is it doesn't involve like a song by Donny I by Donny Osmond, like from the original movie. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's like, uh, to me, it seems just like a move. Um, I mean, you're preaching in the choir here. <laughs> like I'm yeah. a Epcot purist, I think. But it seems like a move to just cater to a, a wider audience and a wider age range. And I get that. You know, Epcot in itself right now is like a park with an identity crisis. It, it's starting to, with all these additions, it's starting to feel like another Magic Kingdom mm-hmm. or almost another Hollywood Studios, it, it, which in itself has, a, has another identity crisis going, going on there. But um, the fact that they're starting to bring characters into the countries really kind of dilutes the world showcase for me. And uh, that was one of the things that really set Epcot apart from 
from other theme parks. It was like they brought in culture from these countries that they were showing in the World Showcase. They had merchandise specific to that country. They had food. They had cast members who were from that country. They would be working there, and it seemed so authentic. And then to bring in, like, uh, here's how everyone enjoys Disney in these countries. It just seems like a like you're taking me out of the experience. It's like, okay, we have Disney here. We get it. Let's continue the the theme of of world culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and my thought is like you know use the characters as a you know like a placating for kids, but also like a bridge to you know the rest of the cultures there, not the end all be all. It shouldn't, and, and that's kind of my big problem with Frozen in the World Showcase is like having Anna and Elsa, the the vaguely Scandinavian from the fake Scandinavian country, yeah. you know, be there yeah. is one thing. Having pretty much the whole pavilion be based around a fake Scandinavian country is a different topic. <clears throat> yeah. 100%. And that's kind of my problem. Yeah, so. I agree. It's, um, I mean, maybe, maybe they'll, they'll do it right, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I'm not holding my breath <laughs> based on some of the other decisions they're making. I'm not, uh, you know, that confident that they'll, they'll do it, do the old Epcot justice. And, and they don't have to, to be honest. It's such, I feel like we're a, a very niche audience. Um, I would like, and you know, if anyone from Imagineering is listening, I would like them to do like a retro night, you know, maybe once a year or twice a year where they just replace all of the park music with the original, uh, atmosphere music mm-hmm. and they sell like old merchandise. They, um, they put old Soren back on, you know, Soren across, <laughs> um, Soren over know, California, the, the old Throwing over California, yeah, I got it mixed up there, but um, replace the old film, you know, bring the old test track music back. Just do like subtle overlays that don't cost them a lot of money, but just kind of bring a little bit of the old spirit back. Um, mm-hmm. I would be there in a second. <laughs> like I would just to stand in Epcot and even listen to the old music would be pretty spectacular for me. Yeah. Um yeah, I, 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 and that's kind of my thing is like also with Epcot is a lot of times I hear, well, it's not working anymore. This is the only thing they can do. It's like, well, you're just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, it's a self-inflicted right. gun. It's, it's it's a self-inflicted wound. You know, they, they, they have the creativity and the manpower to do something unique. They just don't want to. And then, and that's kind of another thing is like, I hear a lot of things like, well, they're just building IP stuff because of Universal. It's like, well, Disney's their own, you know, independent company. You know, they're big boys. They can do whatever they want. You know, like stop blaming their actions yeah. on someone else. Like it's, it's also that kind of thing. Um, but it anyway, is, it is yeah. interesting though, that you bring up like Universal because in the, um, you know, in the nineties, Universal was all about, you know, come to our park so you can ride the movies. And, um, now that seems to be the model that has won out for all theme parks now because Disney is all about, you know, riding the movies, even mm-hmm. though they no longer have MGM or Hollywood Studios or whatever they want to call it. Um, every park is basically ride the movie now. Yeah. And even regional parks have tried to do that um, yeah. to, ver- to various yeah. degrees of success, depending on whom it is, especially when Paramount was still in it. Right. Yeah. They had Top Gun which I've always wanted to ride, but now it's, you know, Afterburn or Afterburner, yeah. Flight Deck, Flight Deck it's called, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just the, the idea of integrating these IPs into into rides and attractions. Um, I don't know, does it make it more of a, a, a safe bet for the park? 
or is it the yeah is there less risk involved or would they not just want to go an original route for fear like well people may not get this so let's not do it i just think it's easy and i think it's some i i think also that um theme parks have been considered like personally i thought i think theme parks have been considered like low culture for a while so there's just a bunch of things they're picking out and now that they've seen a a successful model of like two successful models of this very movie specific styled land with potter and cars land i think they're now just picking all these you know properties are like okay well we can do this to this treatment and this and this and this and this and just kind of paving over everything. That's how you get Pandora. That's how you get Super Nintendo World. That's yeah. how you get eventually when, you know, um, the Tolkien's relent, that's where you're going to get a Lord of the Rings land. It's, you know, it's it's going to be that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and, I also have yeah. kind of a thirst for that, just like frontier land. Yeah. Know, where it's an immersive land that's very generic. And it's, but it's themed. Because because yeah, the frontier themed. is still themed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's a lawless. It's a somewhat lawless slash just recently. You know, you know the laws come over a western town, and that's yeah. that's a theme. Yeah. And that's super cool. And it still works in terms of a property because I mean that was Davy Crockett to begin with. I right. mean, so right. yeah. And that's what's interesting is that um, if you really think about it, all of Disneyland is just about frontiers. <laughs> if you really think about it, <laughs> it is. It is. If you think about it really hard, but anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, talking about Epcot some more. Uh, we have the Gardens of the Galaxy ride, whatever they're going to title yeah. it, because they're going to yeah. they're going to give it a a subtitle. Who knows what it's going to be called? Um, yeah. That's still going forward, even though they're supposed to film it as part of the Gardens Three movie shoot. Um, I've I have no idea what they're gonna do with that. Um, but uh, World uh, Universe Energy's been gutted. They're I think today I just saw they've been installing the track um, in the launch tunnel that goes between the old show building and the new show building. So Which is, uh, that new building is like ginormous. It's so it's so big and it's pretty well, cool to look at. I wonder how big it is in relation to um, the rock and roller coaster one. Because I think people don't yeah. understand how big the rock and roller coaster one is. Like, I think it's bigger, but I don't know how much bigger. Because, like, like, because you just don't see the rock and roller coaster one, and you just think it's like this small thing. No, it's it's really big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen the one. I guess it was. It's... I mean, you've seen the one for Flight of Fear, for example. Yes. Yeah. In uh, like Kings Island or Kings Dominion. Both. <laughs> Either or. Yeah. <laughs> Either or. Yeah, no, it's it's that's a very large show building as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that that ride's still going on. Um, that's still going for twenty twenty one, I believe, right now. Um, not really much new to report on that. Just that they've started uh, coaster ins- installation, coaster track installation. Um, yeah, and oh, and one thing we did miss is that they're going to be bringing new films to uh, World Showcase. So they're adding. They're still adding the new China film, which they I think announced in 2016. They're adding a new Canada film, which is weird because they updated that maybe a little over a decade ago, maybe a decade, a little yeah. under a decade ago. With Martin Short. Yeah, with Martin Short. After not touching it for 25 years, they did. You know, <laughs> so they weird. Open. Yeah, um, and then everyone is on there. Everyone is very anxious right now because they are going to be switching out um, impressions to France. Um, they're going to be alternating between that and a Beauty and the Beast show there. 
So people are very anxious yeah. because that's going to turn into a four showings of this, four showings of this to three showings of this to five showings of this to two showings yeah. to six showings to by popular guest demand. <laughs> So that that's yeah. kind of the worry yeah. there is that's going to happen. Um, instead of actually it's recording eliminated. a new, yeah, instead of you know doing the the proper thing and recording a new France movie, um, yeah, to, I mean I would miss that if they get rid of the France movie. It's um, I mean of course it's a great place to escape you know the heat and get in some air conditioning, but I love the soundtrack <laughs> to the France yeah. movie. I listen to it on Spotify all the time. So good, it is really fantastic. Um, let's see, and also uh. I think they're starting construction on the new space restaurant, which yeah, I'm still not sure what to think of right now. <laughs> not gonna lie. I mean, I'm I'm always excited for another place to uh, to eat, and uh, I'm a fan of space, so uh, it sounds like it could be fun. Yeah, hopefully, I'm just kind of it's. I want to know. I've got to know what that kind of cuisine is going to be because. Oh yeah. <laughs> what What is it going to be? Like I, I don't know. I mean, I was joking like it was just going to be dried space ice cream. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's what everyone's joking about. It's just going to be the ice cream bars and you know, the little food yeah. and the wrappers and everything. But like, what is it going to be? Like, really, what is it? I don't know. Is it <laughs> is is it going to try and be like oh this like you know like the lettuce grown at the land and you know zero g conditions or is it going to be like. Is it going to be like, oh, yes, this is from our, like, space, like, bison? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's so random. I hope it is. I hope it is space, space bison. Because if it is, bison. I am going there when it opens. I think we have a, I think we have a show title. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, space bison. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, is there anything else from Disney that they announced? I mean... We still have all the uh, the gondolas are coming. We still have all that stuff. Um, yeah, I know they announced a. Um, I think it was a replacement to River Country, the name of the resort that oh, they're building yes. there. Reflections or whatever. <laughs> yeah, which just reminds me of like a Yanni album or something. <laughs> Yanni, Yanni the uh, resort, I think, is a very good apt uh, <laughs> title for that place. Which, hey, I don't think it looks terrible, but it just doesn't fit there, you know? I agree. I agree. They could have done so much more with that that space, and um, it just seems very uh, very generic for, for a Disney resort. But, you know, they, they have their reasons that they do things, and I'm sure they'll make a ton of money, and it'll always be booked. Mm-hmm. Or it will bomb on their faces, and it'll open during a recession, and they'll have to discount the rooms, and... Who knows? It's just like, you know, there's. it feels like there's two ways these resorts go. Either they sell out or Disney gets gun-shy for a decade of building anything new. <laughs> it's like one or the other. Yep. Yeah, totally. I think either one is a likely, likely scenario. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Is there anything else? I mean, Universal doesn't announce anything. I mean, so, you know, we just have the new Potter coaster coming. That's basically it. No new updates on that. Um They've been installing trees, though. That's always good. Um, Love foliage. Yep. Uh, we had the new Jurassic Park coaster coming, which is going to be good. Everyone... Did they announce anything about the Harry Potter coaster? Like, any more specifics about it? or Just, um... they had that one piece of concept art from Pottermore, and that's it. Oh, okay. I think, I, at the point now where I'm just like, they're not going to say anything till 2019. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is nuts to me. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that, I mean, it's two different companies. Disney announces... Something in twenty, you know, 
16 that's going to open in 2021 and Universal announces something's closing, you know, like a month beforehand and then they'll acknowledge the replacement the year it opens. So it's just, it's right. so random. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, sir. Um, thank you for joining me tonight. Um, of course. Yeah, it's, it's been a great, been a, uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great talking to you. Um, just wanted to kind of get you on. So give some people some ideas for some Christmas shopping. Um, hint, hint people. <laughs> Um, do, do you have I appreciate a, that. Yeah, do you have a drop dead date uh, for ordering uh, to make Christmas, or is it just kind of like get your orders in as soon as possible? I would just um, I would get them in as soon as possible. I'm going to be <laughs> I don't know how um, you know again I'm not good at uh, running the business side of things, but <laughs> we're going um, <laughs> we're going on a uh, a Disney cruise um, on December third, so we're going to be gone for like. A week, <laughs> like okay. in the midst of all the holiday shopping. So, of course, um, I would just say get the orders in as soon as possible if you want something, and um, and I'll try to get it to you as quick as I can. Awesome. Um, and it, where can everyone find you online at? Uh, where where can they get you uh, all the deets and merch and stuff like that? All the deets. So you can um, visit the shop at majorthrill dot com, and you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at majorthrill. And I don't post a ton on either one of them. Eh, you know, life happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I will always answer answer emails and um, answer tweets that are uh, sent my way. So feel free to reach out anytime and happy to answer questions. Awesome. Uh, well, you can find me at Parkscope Joe. You can find all of us at Parkscope. Uh, go leave us a nice review or something. I don't know. It feels like... We haven't had reviews in a while. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice thing for people to leave. That'd be our Christmas gift. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So thank you again, Josh, for joining us, and we'll see everyone on the other side. Take care. <laughs>